Good morning, good morning everybody. Good morning, Vision Church. Good morning everyone that's here, everyone that's watching us online. And at this time, let's get ready to get started off. I am your host for today, Deacon Arthur Harry Jr. And we're gonna get started off in just a moment with the praise team bringing us a selection. And then, but before that, we wanna go back, think back to whatever we went through, went through through this week. That might have kind of gave us a little trouble, little bumps in the road. And we want to just have a moment of release, okay? So at this time, let's bow our heads and close our eyes for that moment of release, all right? Oh, my Heavenly Father, my Lord Jesus, come to you this morning in the humblest way I know how, saying thank you, thank you, my Father, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me through, making a hint to the house of the Lord once again, Father. I can come in here, first of all, to give you the worship, to give you praise, Heavenly Father, thanking you, hallelujah, for what you have done to me up to this point in my life. And as we are here today, Heavenly Father, I'm expecting, as I come giving praise, I'm expecting praise. I'm expecting a word from you, Heavenly Father, that'll help lead me on in my journey throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the year, Heavenly Father. So just thank you for what you have done, what you are, will do, Heavenly Father. Forgive me of my sins, Heavenly Father. Whatever might have happened, Heavenly Father, that has set me off in some way, Lord Jesus, ask you to take care of that, Heavenly Father. Ask you to remove that stuff from my mind, Heavenly Father, so that nothing will hinder me from getting through to you. So I just want to say thank you and bless this service. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise on this morning. How many of y'all are excited to worship the Lord on this morning? Would y'all stand to your feet as we go into this song that says, For He is the great I am. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Sing hallelujah as we bless his name. For he is the 
great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. We will worship the Lord. We will worship the Lord. Praise will sing. Praise will sing. And we'll shout in all the earth that Jesus is our King. He deserves glory. He deserves glory. He deserves honor. Sing hallelujah as we bless his for he is the great I am. 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 Holy, holy is he. Is he holy? Holy. He's Alpha and Omega. Amen. There's no, nothing you can really, words that you can use to describe how great our God is. How many believe our God is great? How many believe that our God is awesome? How many believe that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or even think? For he is a great I am. For he is a great I am. 
For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. For he is the great I am. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise, y'all. Amen. I know we came here this morning with an expectation. Anybody came here with an expectation this morning? Amen. Amen. We came expecting to meet a holy God. Amen. <clears throat> it's amazing in this church age that we can meet a holy God. Can I, can I say this to you today? Um, after this church leaves earth, there will be no more, amen, church as we know it, amen. So the Holy Spirit will not be on earth anymore, amen. Um, but, but there will be those who are getting saved during this tribulation period. But don't wait for tribulation to give your life to Jesus. Come on, help me somebody. Do it while you can. <clears throat> Do it while... Your blood is running warm in your veins. Amen. Amen. I want to tell you something. It's going to be a great day when Jesus raptures us up. And then what's left on earth, amen, we're not going to be worried about it because we're not going to be here. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad that he rescues us from that? My goodness. I, I was looking, I was teaching on Thursday night with my pastors and teachers on 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 <clears throat> online and i was sharing with them about when it says the earth was formless and void <clears throat> there's a vo there was a void the earth was absence the, the earth's absence amen of light made it void and formless amen but god said let there be light and i started to think about our lives when we have a void, oh, I wish I had somebody. When there's a void in your life, there's an absence of light. But not only that, but that void equates to um, chaos, waste, confusion. When, you, when you're living in darkness, come on, somebody. When you're living without Christ, your life is a waste. Amen. It is void of what? The right information. And so, it is so important, y'all, it's so important, amen, that we learn as believers, amen, that without Christ, we have nothing. There, there will be a void, amen. And I don't know about you this morning, but uh, I don't want to live with a void. Anybody here? Amen. I don't want to live with a void in my life. I know I have Jesus, but what I have to do as a believer is to Build on that relationship that I have with him. Amen. <clears throat> I'm grateful to God that we're here this morning. Thankful to God that he has blessed us to be here one more time. Amen. Uh, I want to just say that we had an amazing time <clears throat> on yesterday. Amazing time on yesterday. Uh, our security can come in now. right? Amen. Um, we had an amazing time on yesterday. But marriage ER, I don't know about you, but um, we have a lot of failing marriages today. And marriage ER, we did marriage ER2. Marriage ER2 is, we had a, it was just so awesome. I, words can't even explain the blessings uh, that the people of God received. Uh, we did a lot of workshop. We did more of an interactive kind of deal. Um, people being very, couples were being very transparent. Uh, like we said in our advertising, we were doing more like a group uh, counseling session, which was really awesome. People were able to talk about some of the hurts and some of the things that, um, that they went, they're going through in their marriage and then able to address it. Amen. With feeling safe, 
that you can you can address your issues publicly around a group of people going through the same thing. Amen. Oftentimes we live with this thing that I don't want nobody in my business or I want everybody to think that we don't want nobody to know what's really going on. Here's the thing. When you put light on your situation, Satan has to leave. The longer you live in darkness about your hurts and pains and struggles, you will never get better. Amen. And so I'm so grateful that God has blessed us. Amen. To be able to put that that event on. And I just want to thank God for the people who served. Amen. And I want to thank God for you that were here. Amen. Uh, we're getting ready to uh, and, and possibly I, I think we're going to be doing the singles ER and the word ER just simply means enrichment. Amen. But it does mean ER too. <laughs> All right. Because, uh, you know, so uh, singles. Amen. We're going to look at a date. We're going to come up with a date here real soon. So we're going to be doing the singles ER to give you all as single people an opportunity to uh, be empowered and to be enriched, amen, with, with, with the tools that you need, amen, to be better at living the single life, amen. Um, singleness is not a sentence, amen. It, it sure isn't, amen. As a matter of fact, the Bible is clear about what singleness is supposed to look like. Do you know that in singleness, you're supposed to be serving God? Your first and only priority really should be serving the Lord. That's what the Bible says. And if we're going to believe everything else in the Bible, come on, somebody. We ought to believe that that's something that, that needs to happen. Amen. That single people ought to know that their focus should be the Lord. And if you make God your focus, You'll find out how satisfied you'll be, and then he will set you up. Come on, somebody, for what's to come next. Amen. So I'm just grateful to God for that. Also, uh, we're getting ready to put those, those uh, graphics on the screen for me. We're getting ready for Holy Week Revival. <clears throat> Amen. Holy Week Revival. And do I have someone from the, uh, the uh, Pastors Appreciation Committee here today who is ready to represent? Uh, Amen. Um, all right. So let me talk about Holy Week Revival first. Um, we are getting ready for five nights, five nights. Amen. Mark your calendars. Take a picture of it. I'm looking for the members of this church to be here. Amen. The praise team is going to be here every night. Uh, April 11th. Notice April 11th to the 15th, 7 p.m. nightly. Listen, I believe we need revival, y'all. I believe we need to be revived and refreshed. Amen. So we'll have our faculty night. We'll have our president's night. We'll have our student night. And Friday night, Good Friday. You know why it was Good Friday? Amen. For Jesus went to the cross to die for us. Amen. <clears throat> so it's called a Good Friday. I want you to join me on Good Friday. We're going to have uh, a lot of these uh, preachers on here are my students. All of them are my students and faculty of TB Seminary. Amen. And then we're getting ready, and I'm trying to get you geared up, which Sister Eaton will come in a minute and talk about this. But we're getting ready for, for our 17-year pastoral appreciation service. 17 years. My goodness. Imagine that. <clears throat> Amen. I wonder if I get a pen or something. Amen. 17 years God has allowed me to, um, amen, to faithfully serve this church. And so I'm grateful, amen, that God has allowed me that opportunity, amen. And so Sister Eden will come now and talk to you all a little bit about what's to happen on our appreciation. Go to the next, next slide, Lynn. I want you all to just take your cameras out real quick and go ahead and scan that and you'll see what's to be done, amen. Thank you. Oh, that is better. Good morning, Vision Church. We are planning and preparing for the 17th annual Pastors Appreciation Services. 
and also to honor our first lady. Um, I think that it I think that it deserves a little more of a hand clap. And the reason because is because God has blessed the Vision Church with a pastor and a first lady that cares about the people in this church, about your families, about your finances, about your children, about the struggles that that we are all going through. And he brings a word to us every Sunday during the week and is always thinking and planning of ways that can help us walk out this Christian journey. And so I want you to look forward to look forward for more information about what we're going to do to let them know how much we appreciate everything it is that they do for us, how much that our lives are being made the better because of them. So if you would, please look forward to that. And if we haven't come to you soon and, and said something, come to us and say, what can I do? Okay, so thank you very much. Also, uh, somebody open your Bible to Galatians 6.6 6 for me. Now, there are a lot of, you know, a lot of you have been in church a while and you guys know how we do this, right? Uh, so this year we have a strategy. This year we have a goal. And if you scan that, you'll see it's a form that you fill out. And we're asking every member for $350 to support the pastoral appreciation service. I believe that when we did the calculations, it, it amounted to like 30 bucks a week, something like that. It's 12 weeks to appreciation, okay? So what we like to do here at this church is we like to strategize. So you're not in a burden, okay? Galatians 6.6. 6. Somebody, I need someone to read that for me. Galatians 6.6 6 for me. <clears throat> the one who is what? Who is that? Who is taught the word? Who? Okay, go ahead. It's to what? Share all good things. So that means whatever good things God has blessed you with, he says you ought to share, not just hoard it, not just keep it, the one who's being taught the word, who's taught to live differently. See, you didn't just arrive at your blessings. You were taught by the word of God through the man of God. And then you got good things because you were taught. Come on, somebody. Right? How many of you were taught some things? How many of you have learned? Let me ask this. How many of you have actually learned some things from me? Keep reading. No, go on. Go on. Keep reading. Yeah. Who's the one teaching? He's to share all good things with the one who what? Teaches him. And so what I'm saying, saints, this is, not a, this is not a hard sell. This is not a hard sell at all, okay? But with proper planning, you can do it. So I say $350 is a lot of money. It's 30 bucks a week. And I can tell you, I spent $30 on, I upgraded my Hulu with no ads last night. <clears throat> Extra $3 a month. But, uh, I got tired of them ads, man. I'm like, come on, man. I'm right in the middle of the good part. Then they want to go to commercial. But, um, <laughs> you know, we spend money on things that, uh, that we like, right? You got those nice things because you're being taught. Amen. And so, saints, I don't have to say it to you all. I don't have to press this. I don't have to sell this. I know this church loves me. 17 years have proven that. And I want to thank all of you that support me weekly in love gifts. Thank you. And appreciation just says to my family and myself, pastor, we love you. We're not going to be doing a whole bunch of stuff. Amen. We're just going to get to that Sunday. Amen. We're going to, we're going to believe we're going to trust and we're going to say, Hey, there it is. Now, when you scan this code with your phone, it takes you to a form. Fill the form out, and there are options on there. 
Okay, you say, well, I, I, I can do this, I can do that, I can do this, whatever you want to do. And you do it because giving is a private matter between you and God. Amen. So whatever you decide to do, and this starts with leadership first. Amen. And, and I hope to see our leaders' names on here before the people's name on here. Amen. Why? Because leaders lead the way. Amen. And so we're looking forward to a great celebration. Dr. Uh, 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 Reginald Rose will be preaching that Sunday. Amen. At 2 p.m. We're going to have a great time. And along with that, amen, we're going to celebrate and we're going to have a good time that day. And I thank you so much, church, for being a blessing. On that Sunday, we'll just have one service at 11 and then at 2 p.m. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, let's get ready to give now. Amen. Let's get ready to worship God with our gifts. <clears throat> and then we'll get into the word of God. Don't forget, uh, at 1015 today, women of faith and impact men, I men, we will be fellowshipping today at 1015. I can't wait for that. Amen. We got it all laid out. We got a spread laid out back there for you. Talking about the men, that is. Man. I want to thank um, Rev. James for heading up the driveway in the parking lot. I don't know if you guys saw that. Thank you, Rev. James, for that. Amen. Thank you, Rev. James, for that. I appreciate that. Uh, we're getting the gates fixed tomorrow. Amen. The gate is going to be fixed. We're going to have a nice gate to open and close and things like that. Uh, isn't God good, y'all? Amen. Let us pray together. Father, thank you so much for your mercy and grace. Thank you so for blessing us. Thank you for the gifts of the people. I pray for their hearts now. I pray, God, that whatever they've given today, that it was given from a heart that says, God, I love you. Thank you. May it prosper them. May it be used for the movement of this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank God. What was our deficit? Um, did we have a deficit? <clears throat> what was that? 516. Okay, 516 from last, last week. Amen. Just keeping you informed of what's going on. Amen. All right. Uh, if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 9. Um, we're in this new series entitled Face to Face, and we, we started off with Paul last week. We're going to go to part two, and it says, uh, verse 17, it says, So Ananias departed, Ananias departed and entered the house, and after laying his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes. See why you need the pastor? There fell from his eyes something like scales, and he regained his sight. And he got up and was baptized and took food and was strengthened. Amen. I want to talk about this morning face-to-face -face, part two. Paul, face-to-face. -face. Amen. Part two with Paul. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Use me now for your glory, God. And Lord, speak a word through me now, Holy Spirit, to your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God you may be seated in the presence of God. Thank you, ushers. Amen. Amen. And thank God. Amen. Amen. Face to face. We've been in, we started off this series last week and began telling you that um, when you come 
No one has seen God. Let me just explain that, okay? No one has actually seen God. Because if you've actually seen God, you wouldn't be alive. And we'll get into Jacob later on. But I wanted to share with you that it is more of a metaphor than anything else. But it is a reality that one day we will all have to stand before God. As the Bible says, it's an appointment that you will not be able to avoid or cancel. The Bible says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that we might give an account for our deeds in the flesh. Are you following me? The Bible is also clear, amen, that there are characters throughout Scripture that I've found that they have had an encounter with God. May I ask you a question this morning? Have you really had an encounter with God? Do you remember when you came face to face with the reality of your mortality? Amen. And then you saw in yourself that you needed something better. Do I have anybody? It is amazing that when you have a divine encounter with God, how your life changes. May I ask you a question? Is, is, is anybody here this morning can honestly say that your life has changed since you met Jesus? Since you've came into a, a real relationship with him, since you came into, amen, a relationship with Jesus that you don't think the way you used to think. Come on, help me, somebody. You don't talk the way you used to talk. You, you don't act the way you used to act. My question to you is, how did that happen? Was it just positive thinking? Was it just you just saying, well, I'm not going to do those things anymore? Or, or, did, or was it or is it, amen, because you had come face to face with the true and living God? I told you last week that Saul, whose name was really Paul, it was named, he had two names. His name was Saul Paul. He just used his Gentile name and his, used his Jewish name. And he used his Roman name later on. I told you that when he came face to face with God, he had God gave him a new heart. The only way that you can actually change is you have to understand that change begins in the heart. If you don't give your heart to God, if you don't give your heart to Jesus, you and I will stay the same. Do I have anybody? I told you that after God has converted his heart, he's gotten a new heart, he has a new pursuit. He has a new pursuit in life. He has a new passion in life. And then Paul ultimately had a new purpose. Saul, who was a persecutor of the saints, here's a man who was on the total opposite side of the fence. God takes a man who was an enemy of the cross. And makes him, amen, a friend of the cross. Do I have anybody? Isn't that amazing? That when you look at people, I don't know about you, but when you look at your own life, when you look at where you used to be, somebody going to help me here in a minute. You wasn't like this. Come on, how many of you can say I wasn't really like this? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Listen, listen. You never thought you would be sitting in church. <laughs> Come on, somebody. On a Sunday morning. Now, you went to church. <laughs> you may have went to church. But I'm talking about getting up and going on your own. I'm talking about you not being pumped or primed, but you feel a sense that you need to be face-to-face -face with God. Do I have anybody? Every time we come into a worship service, we have an opportunity to come face to face with God. Isn't that an awesome thing? That we know that our God is personal. Our God can be, 
our God is knowable, that he can be known, that our God can, uh, he inhabits the praises of his people. He hears the prayers of his people. Come on, somebody. And not only that, but he pushes you into a place where you understand that he's real. I was watching a movie uh, yesterday and one of these series and, 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 and the guy was at his wit's end in life. He, had, he, had, he was moving from one city. He had went bankrupt in his business and he had taken his family uh, all the way to Minnesota and they're driving and they had the trailer hitched up to their car and they, they broke down. You know how life goes from bad to worse. Come on, somebody. And I, and I put myself in that situation to understand that sometimes, it, listen, you think it's going to get better, but it's just getting worse. Have you been there? Where everything you've tried, come on, somebody. It wasn't a biblical movie, but it had a biblical undertone because he fell on the grave. He was waving down this car. He ran out of gas. <laughs> he went from bad to worse. You know, and then on top of that, his wife wouldn't let, let him make it. Amen. She was just going in on him like, you, you know, you let how you run out of gas, you know, that kind of stuff. And so he came out the car and he's waving people down, trying to get the help. Nobody would help. Then finally he fell to the ground. And he says, God, help me. I promise you, if you, if you help me, amen, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, he didn't say I'll serve you, but, but I'll do better. That's what he said. He said, I'll do better. And all of a sudden he looked up, he looked over to the side and he saw something at the distance he ran up to it it's snowing out there and he went out there and he uncovered it and it was a suitcase with a million dollars he got back into the car with his wife and he says god is real i'm trying to help somebody he kept repeating god is real god is real see some people need evidence and i want to say to somebody here today that Maybe you need a little bit more evidence, but I know God is real, not because he gave me a million dollars, but because he changed my heart. Do I have anybody? Because I'm not what I used to be, because, see, material things will leave you. But when you know that you've had an encounter with God and you've come face to face with him, you'll realize that God is real. Come on, somebody. How many of you can say God is real? I'm trying to, oh, y'all making me work this morning. I got another service now. Hold on now. Amen. God is real. I thought about it for a minute. Is it only when he does something for me can I say that he's real? But can I tell you something? When he changes your heart. So what do we see next in this passage is amazing to me. Saul now has been transported to the street called Straight. Told you that last week. He is blind and cannot see. Imagine that when you have an encounter with Jesus. His, he's so awesome. He's so amazing that you can't look at him. Come on, somebody. God put Paul or Saul on the street called straight. And if you look at verse 11, it said, the Lord said, get up and go to the street called straight. And inquired the house of Judas for a man from Tarshish named Paul, for he is praying. Isn't that something? It's amazing when God changes your life, how you see the importance of prayer. We get to verse 17, though, and it says, so Ananias. Now, Ananias is, is, is one, uh, it doesn't really say who he is. It just say that he's a servant of God, right? God used him to go to Saul to relieve Saul of his burdens. Can I tell you something? God will always send somebody to pray with you, to validate with you, to, to encourage you in this journey, to understand that when you come face to face with God, that you don't have to do this life by yourself. And so what do I see in the text? The text says, so Ananias, he had some reservation because he said, God, now listen, I heard, verse 13, from many about this man. 
Don't be surprised who God changes. Don't be surprised who God uses either. The thing about God, saints, I want to tell you, is that he takes the worst of us. Sometimes we think it's just people are just good. They, you know, it's the good people. It's the intelligent people. It's the people who got it together. Listen, can I tell you something? It's not those people that God is interested in. Jesus said, I didn't come for those who are healthy. I came for those who are sick and those who need a physician. And he wasn't talking about physical sickness. He was talking about spiritual sickness. He was talking about the spiritual disease that we're born with. Amen. And that is depravity. Am I helping you this morning? The text says, the text says that Ananias had a reservation. He says, verse 13 says, Lord, I've heard about this man. How much harm he did to your saints. I said this last week. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. We concluded here last week that God had given Saul a new purpose. What is that purpose? He says right here, so that he would be a, that he would go for he is a chosen instrument of mine. See that? Imagine that Saul never saw himself in light of who God saw him to be. Lord have mercy. May I ask you a question? Do you see yourself the way God sees you? See, he didn't know. And when others look at you, they may see your faults. They may see your shortcomings. They may see your past. Come on and help me, somebody. But I thank God that he doesn't focus on my past. He doesn't focus on what I have done. What he focuses on is where he's taken me, what he has already assigned for me to do in this life. Aren't you glad that God doesn't hold your faults against you? Aren't you glad that even in the midst of depravity, God can see in you what nobody else sees? I'm thankful today that the God I serve, come on and help me somebody, that he sees beyond my faults. Come on somebody. He, he brings me to a place of purpose. Why? Because he's God. Are you with me? Text goes on to say, for I will show him how much he must what? Suffer for my name's sake. We get to verse 17 now. It says, so Ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hand on him, look what he said. He said, Brother Saul. Now, what is the change here? The word brother means Adolphus. That word Adolphus means of the same womb. So that means. You see, that's why I try to call people brother or sister in Christ. Why? Because, first of all, we are of the same womb, Jesus Christ. Saul, who had an encounter with Jesus, is now placed, and my first point is this, when you come face to face with God, you're part of a new family. You are part of the family of God. The text says he called him brother. He could have called him a lot of things, but he first of all, he was afraid of him. But when Jesus put his endorsement on him, but when he gave his life to Jesus that moment and Damascus Road, he became part of a new family. And I want to say to somebody here listening or somebody here watching or somebody will listen later on that when you come face to face with Jesus, you become part of a new family. Anybody here know that there are benefits of being in a new family? You see, you can't do life alone. Isolation, insulation will lead to implosion. In other words, you can't figure things out by yourself. You need a family. When you come face to face with God, the Bible says that God transfers us from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of the glorious kingdom of God, of the kingdom of light. And I thank God today. 
that I'm part of this new family. That may not excite you, but I'm glad to be part of this family. I'm glad that I got brothers and sisters on my side who can stand with me and fight with me and come on somebody and do life with me because I'm not alone anymore. And sometimes in this journey, you can feel like you're all alone, but thanks be to God that when you come face to face with Jesus, you're part of a new family. The text goes on to say, he says, and he says, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming, and you know what he was doing, right? He was going to persecute Christians, has sent me that you may what? Regain your sight. I started to think about this for a minute. I started to say now, God could have just gave him back his sight automatically, right? I'm trying to help somebody with something. You can't do this life alone. You need your church family. Some of you are so caught up with your blood family. Watch this. But they're just dragging you down. Oh, I wish I had somebody. But I want to tell you something. Jesus said, who is my brother, my mother, my father? My child, those who sit at my feet. God, when you have a face-to-face -face encounter with him, not only would he give you a new family, but the second thing is a new dependence. Saul needed Ananias. He needed him. And God dispatched him. He says, Jesus has sent me. Imperative move is a fact. So that you may regain your sight. He moves from self-sufficiency and self-reliance to dependency. Somebody here, I want to tell you something. You need a pastor. Oh, I wish I had somebody. You need someone to correct you. You need someone to encourage you. You need someone, come on somebody, to reprove you every now and then. Come on, to discipline you every now and then. Because God says you cannot do this life alone. Aren't you glad? You, when you come face to face with Jesus, you have a new dependency. Look what he says next. He says not only would you regain your physical sight, See, here's the thing. He says, he says, and be what? Feel. Now, let me, let me help you here because there's something here you need to know about this portion of scripture. Because some denominations believe that after you get saved, you got to wait for the Holy Ghost. All right, this is what this, this, this theological term is about right here, okay? This is a theology that has been badly chopped up and mis mistaught. You don't have to wait for later to get the Holy Spirit. The moment, the idea here is that the Holy Spirit now, Saul was controlled by another spirit before. All right? What spirit was that? The spirit of the world. Spirit of evil. Because he was killing Christians. But here he is. He's sitting at the house of Judas. He's blind. He's praying. He ain't eating nothing. But it doesn't mean that he didn't have the Holy Spirit. Because the text says, what Ananias did is say, now be filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's what you can't lose. You cannot lose the Holy Spirit, but you can lose the filling of the Spirit. The filling of the Spirit is what controls you. 
So for instance, if you're trying to think spiritual thoughts and you're not, you got to check and see if you're filled. If you're trying to live a Christian life, but you keep being defeated, you got to ask yourself a question. You have the Holy Spirit, but are you living in obedience to the Spirit? So the next thing you get when you come face to face is a new influence. The idea is that the Holy Spirit, rather than his own sinful desire, would now control Saul. Previously, he had been filled and controlled with the desires to destroy the work of Jesus. Now, this man would be controlled. Listen, you know how we accomplish the things we do in this church? When we're all filled with the Spirit and walking by the Spirit, watch this, and living in the Spirit, that's how we accomplish it. That's why sometimes we say, man, how do we do that? How is that possible? How did that happen? It's because when you serve God, you must serve him in the filling of the spirit. If you are an usher, if you're a deacon, if you're a preacher, if you're a children's worker, if you are just a member, you and I must be controlled by the spirit of God for that's the only way we can carry out the work of God. We have a new what? Influence. The baptism assigns you to your purpose. Hello, somebody. So he already stated that he had a new purpose, but the filling of the Holy Spirit is how he carries out his Oh, I'm preaching hard today. I'm, I'm doing it by myself. Watch this. Listen, he, he, he moves from the greatest persecutor of Christians. He would become the greatest proclaimer of truth. Come on, somebody. And the only way that Saul was able to endure what he endured as a believer is by the filling of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, pastor, how do I get the filling of the Holy Spirit? You ask. The idea here is that he would be filled, and that word filling means to be controlled. When you are controlled by the Holy Spirit, you are under his what? Influence. Can I ask you a question? Do you know when you're under the influence of the Spirit? Do you know when the Spirit is leading you or when the flesh is leading you or what's controlling your actions, your mind, your words, your thoughts? Watch this. You cannot serve God in the flesh. But when you come face to face with Jesus, you are filled. You are controlled by him. You have a new influence over your life. That's why when you pray, you get answers. That's why when you do something for God, it actually works. Because you're under his influence. Are you with me? The text says, and immediately. There fell from his eyes something like what? Scales. And he regained his sight. But watch this. I believe that not only do we have a new influence, but the, but the next thing is you have a new vision. You see, when the scales fell off of Saul's eyes, he was seeing life through the lenses of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. He had a new vision. Watch this. We already talked about he had a new heart. But see, when you have a new vision, you start looking at life differently. You start seeing potential. You start seeing things like you, people say, you know, when you say something to somebody like, no, nah, that ain't going to work. No, you see possibility in impossibilities, in impossible situations. You understand what I'm saying? See, when you have a new vision, when you come face to face with Jesus, when you come face to face with God, your vision changes. You know what I realized that before I was saved, I had a whole bunch of scales on my eyes. Couldn't see clearly. It was all about me. 
See, when you're, when you're not saved, it's all about you. Come on, somebody. But when you got a new vision, you start thinking about other people. You start looking at life through different lenses. You start seeing life, watch this, with some hope. Saul, now, he lost his physical sight, but now he regained spiritual vision. Ask your question, how are you viewing your circumstance right now? Which lenses are you looking through? Good question, isn't it? Maybe you haven't really come face to face with Jesus. Look at the text right here. Lastly, and I'm done. It says that he got up and was what? Baptized. Now, some people may not think this, but baptism doesn't save you. Okay, it doesn't save you. When you come face to face with Jesus, your heart changes. That's the change that God is really wanting. That's how a life is changed. That's how a people is changed. That's how your, your life is totally altered because your heart is changed. But not only do you have a new, 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 new vision, but baptism identifies you with the kingdom. So the last thing you get is a new identity. See, the moment you got baptized, when you went down, you went down with your old life. And you came up to a newness of life. And what you and I were saying, that's why as baptism, you ought to invite your family and friends and children and, and cousins and aunties and everybody like that. And the reason why you want to do that is because you want to tell the world that you got a new identity. Do I have a witness? That when you come to Jesus, not only do you have a new heart, but you got a new identity. I thank God that I got a new ID card. I thank God that, listen, God, and that's who it really matters to. He does not see me like he used to see me. I thank God that I got a new identity now because I got a new purpose. I got a new passion. Come on, somebody. Listen, listen, I'm part of a new family now. And so I thank God that I identify now with the body of Christ. You know, off the rack clothes come close, but it's not custom made. <laughs> I wish I had somebody. When something is custom made, it means it's fitted to your uniqueness. It has been crafted with you in mind. That means that it's not for everyone else to wear, just you. We all are unique. We all are really custom made. There's no reason to try to be someone else or to live like someone else or to live someone else's life when you've been custom made. I wish I had somebody. Now, now why settle for off the rack living when there's an identity and a life in Christ custom made for you? When you come face to face with God, though, you realize that you're custom made. That God took you, come on somebody, from the muck and the mire. He pulled you up out of the mud and he made you over again. And not only did he do that, saints, but he gave you a new family. He gave you a new dependency. He gave you a new influence. He gave you a new vision. And he gave you a new identity. Aren't you glad? that you came face to face with Jesus. Thank God this morning.
I'm grateful this morning. As I look at the life of Paul, I'm intrigued. And I almost ran over those two verses real quick, but, I, but as I started to look a little closer, I started to see that it's impossible for you and I to come into the presence of God and stay the same. You have to stop the traffic in your mind when you come into service. Because the enemy wants you to stay jam-packed with a lot of stuff. But if you release that stuff to Jesus and you say, God, I want to have an encounter with you. Do you not know that he'll do it for you? If you're here this morning, you need prayer. I want to pray for you this morning. You say, Pastor, I want to have an encounter with God. I want to come face to face with God. Listen, don't wait till you get on Damascus Road. Do it before things get bad. If you need prayer this morning, Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. If you need to be restored back to the Lord, maybe you've, you are a Christian. And maybe you have been away from the Lord and you want to be restored today. Pastor, I want to be restored back to the Lord today. I want to give my life back to Jesus. You can come this morning. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, you know what? Uh, I, I have not accepted Jesus. I want to come face to face with him. If you need prayer, if you just need prayer, uh, you just need prayer this morning. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you this morning. Would you come this morning? I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God would strengthen your life and empower you and bring you to a place, amen, where you can see that when you come face to face, how many want a new vision? How many want the scales to fall off? Huh? You just want those scales to fall off so you can start seeing life. If you're here today and you're without a church home, if it's right to be in church, then it's wrong to be out of church. And you want to be part of this church, you can come today and do that. Amen? Amen.
Come on, y'all. Two restorations. Come on, let's give God a hand. We should be rejoicing right now. Listen, listen, there's nothing like falling and getting back up, y'all. But getting back up can be very difficult. And I thank God that the word of God was received today by way of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father, for that. Amen. Thank you. The Bible says the angels in heaven right now are rejoicing over these two. Amen. Who have been restored here today. I knew something was going on. I just didn't know what. Amen. Come on, let's stand and pray. Amen. Don't forget, men, we are in fellowship in about 10 minutes, and also women of faith also. Y'all look good in y'all shirts today. Amen. We got our shirts on too. Amen. All right. Yeah, some of us. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for what you've done here today in this service, Father God. Thank you for restoring the hearts of your people. And thank you for those that are here that heard the word, God, encourage them, empower them, enrich their lives, God, so that they can live victoriously. We thank you. We love you and praise you. Thank you for those watching online, God, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And thank God. Give God a hand clap of praise. Vision Church, win, disciple, develop. God bless you. We're going to uh, go this way, uh, this way. Amen. If you're leaving, you go that way. But if you're staying, we're going this way. Amen. Fellowship is this way to the, to the other side of the campus. Amen. We'll be at the TB Seminary side of the campus. Amen. Thank you so much. Come on and fellowship with us. Break a little bread with us. Amen.